I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. Hi, welcome to another episode in our executive leadership learning path. I'm here today with Charlie Hipwood, and we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion. You want to start, Charlie? Yeah, you know, I appreciate you uh, putting this together. And, and diversity and inclusion is something we give a lot of thought to at Mass Ventures, and we try to uh, educate a lot of our portfolio companies uh, about diversity because as an organization, we firmly believe that diverse organizations outperform. And we start with that central belief, uh, which there's been plenty of studies that show that this is you know, quantifiable and, and realizable. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of studies that show that diverse teams outperform homogenous teams, period. It, it is not easy to dispute that. So uh, we start with that belief that diverse organizations outperform. And we try to communicate that belief internally, uh, as well as to our portfolio companies and grant companies, uh, so that those organizations can really use that as a central um, you know, belief for creating their organization. And, and creating your organization is one of the most important things you can do as an entrepreneur. So you have to be pretty intentional about diversity, though. It doesn't happen by accident, does it? It doesn't. And I think a lot of people are reluctant to talk about it or focus on it. Uh, but you have to be intentional about it. If you want to outperform, you have to be intentional about diversity. I think the more you talk about it, the easier it is to talk about, too. That's true. That's true. Um, but certainly, you know, being intentional about diversity, um, you know, can happen in a variety of ways. And it's not just, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to be a, an organization that um, that fosters diversity. That, that's not enough. Right. You need to be intentional and say, let's let's develop some metrics and say, you know, our organization wants to be uh, diverse in these ways. Right. And we're going to measure whether or not we are diverse in these ways. And it could be it could be a variety of things, the obvious things around, you know, people's backgrounds or genders. Uh, it can be around less obvious things as well, whether it's technical backgrounds or, or soft skill backgrounds as well. So the only way you can be intentional about it is if you, if you put some goals in mind and measure your success relative to those goals. That's right. But it makes for a stronger team. I suppose you have to then, if you have these goals, you have to improve your outreach sometimes. Yes, you have to be, it, the outreach piece is an important component. Um, you know, when we're hiring somebody, it's not enough to just put uh, your job post on LinkedIn, right? Um, yeah. LinkedIn doesn't actually reach a very diverse candidate pool uh, for the most part. Uh, and mm -hmm. so if, if you want to be, create a diverse candidate pool, you need to reach out to, um, you know, kind of resources that might be often overlooked. Uh, so, you know, when we do it, we do outreach to schools and communities and networks that are well outside the normal channels, community colleges, not just Ivy League, right? Um, you know, and we also 
try to eliminate any prerequisites that might keep somebody from wanting to apply for a job, for example, right? So uh, we don't have any prerequisites for education or experience. Uh, what we're looking for is people who are passionate, people who are uh, intellectually curious, people who are hardworking um, and good decision makers. And those things you don't find on a resume, uh, you find by talking to people, right? And so we actually believe in being accessible to all candidates and I'll actually do a phone screen of every single person who applies for a job at Mass Ventures, for example. And I would recommend that a lot of companies do that as well. You get to meet a lot of candidates who otherwise might not apply. And at a minimum, you have an opportunity to educate them on what you do uh, so that the next time they apply for something in your industry, uh, they might be better prepared and get that next job. And so I'll actually do a 20 minute conversation with every single person that applies for a job at Mass Ventures. Wow. But I mean, you're right. You just got to take the time to be more open and more accessible. I think the, th the same is true um, that I've observed once your organization gets larger in terms of like promotions too, it's really easy to overlook people and unintentional, unintentionally sort of stratify people by not giving them the growth opportunities and putting them, teeing them up for promotion. That's right. And, you know, in kind of going back to, you know, you said it takes a lot of time to phone screen those people. But it starts with my belief that diverse teams are performed. So it's well worth my time yeah. to do this. And it's well worth your time to look at large organization and, and figure out where your biases might be in promotions and where you might be uh, other ways to measure people uh, for promotion and, and other things like that. And just looking at how do you optimize your organization around diversity so that you can outperform. And again, the, the bottom line is diverse teams outperform. Well, you just, it gets you away from groupthink. It's really that simple. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it, I mean, it, you know, there time and again, you see organizations that, you know, for example, you know, quite often you have a large organization and all the senior management is, is been with the company for 20, 30 years. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it can be as simple as adding some people to senior management who are younger and brand new out of school right? or have only been with the organization for a little while, or at least have them in the conversation, right? Because it just brings a different perspective. Yeah, age is a really good diverse diversification as well, right? Yep. Different, different outlook. Different perspectives, exactly. Different knowledge base, yeah. right? And it takes uh, a little effort, but it pays off. And if you feel like you're not seeing the candidates in your pipeline, like you're probably just not looking that like that broadly to your point. Right. So, you know, the, the bottom line for me is, you know, create an organization that values diversity, of thought and opinion, um, organizations that are open and transparent and allow their employees to raise issues up the ladder are often um, going to out, outperform those that don't. And then if you have diversity of that thought and opinion, you will outperform uh, your competitors. And so it's important to spend time being intentional about diversity, writing down your goals, optimizing around those goals, measuring around those goals, and then reevaluating. And if you want to outperform as an organization, then it's an absolute must do. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to walk the walk too, in terms of being very um, sort of sophisticated in, in listening yep. and not punishing people or locking them out because their behavior is a little different. Mm. So you see us go through this as a woman, you say one word and then they're like, oh, you're not like us. And then you're yeah. locked out. It's weird. And you're just like, but we use different words. Like for instance, women say, I'm sorry. Like every third sentence, we're always like, I'm sorry. We just say that a lot. And I remember I had this colleague, he said, 
never apologize. Stop doing that. <laughs> so, but on the flip side is when you're in an organization that is diverse, a part of it is just, you know, just being really um, warm and okay with people's different communication styles. That's right. That's a big piece of it um, is just recognizing that not everyone communicates the same way and yeah. not, not penalizing people for not communi communicating the same way. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're not thinking. <laughs> just we can all communicate differently. Well, this was a great start and an important subject. Do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, you know, I am certainly uh, not the world's foremost expert expert in diversity and inclusion. I encourage everyone to go out there and read a lot of best practices that are out there. Uh, but what I can tell you is, you know, if you're running an organization and you're intentional about diversity and inclusion, you will outperform and it should be a core tenant of your organization. Fair enough. We'll close with that. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.